welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is episode 21. This is your boy, Jalen. Uh, I give my unpopular opinion about sports. I want to thank you for tuning in. And this was a big week, man. This was a big week for sports. Uh... Well, this is a big week. I guess the start of it. The the shouts out to the Boston Red Sox, man. They won. They won the World Series. I and it was it, we we kind of saw early that they would win. Like it was no you you can clearly see that they were the better team than the Dodgers. While the Dodgers might have one or two better players, and and I've been saying this for a couple of episodes now on the podcast. I'd get a better team than a better player. I no, I'd get a complete team over a couple of superstars just in baseball and maybe NFL because those are the only two sports where one player can't really affect the outcome as much as a team could. Of course, if you go to basketball, give me the star. I mean, you you put Kevin Durant, LeBron James on one team, not like on on a team, that team is drastically better. But as we saw today, you put Aaron Rodgers on a team who is arguably the best quarterback in the league right now. That doesn't that doesn't really that doesn't mean you're automatically going to get the win. So, you know, shout out to the to the Boston Red Sox. It it was it was it was destined, man. They had one of the all time great regular seasons of all, of baseball in baseball history, and when you looked at it, any player there's a lot of players that could have been, you know, the the MVP of the World Series. Of course, they gave it to Steve uh, Pierce, and shouts out to him. But it could have been anybody. It could have been David Price. It could have been Mookie Betts. It could have been it could have been anyone. It was a complete team, and. Except for the one game, I believe game three or four, it was game f- one of the games where, I think game three. Game three, when uh, when the Dodgers won, it, it was just a complete, a complete mismatch. It was a complete team going against a couple. You know, you had Curtin uh, Clayton Kershaw, who has already had a uh, postseason Demons, I guess you can say. You had Yasiel Puig, who was pretty much like the Lance Stevenson of of baseball. You have Manny Machado. You have a lot of good players, but you didn't have a complete team. You had a team that clearly, as we saw in the World Series, was overmatched. Boston's a great team, and I'm not taking anything from what the Dodgers did. I'm not taking anything from, you know, Houston had a great season. The Yankees had a good season, but Boston was the cla- like the cream of the crop this year, and there's no way that we can really we can really uh, argue that argue that you know, and it's 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 crazy it's crazy it's crazy but in a good way you know I think I don't and a lot of people are saying which is which is you know pretty much true that the Red Sox bought this team. As in, they they bought great players, which they did. And while they bought great players, I don't believe, except for maybe Mookie Betts and David Price, these players won't be stars in other teams. Maybe Steve Pierce as well, but these players aren't stars in other teams. But once you put a collect, it's like the Dodgers had a couple a a a list players, Manny Machado, uh, Clayton Kershaw. Like they had a couple of A players. The Yankees, you know, you have Aaron Judge, you have. 
well, CC Sabathia is kind of declining, but you have Giancarlo Stan, the Nationals. You have Bryce Harper. You have Matt Scherzer. You have Steven Strasburg. You have A-type players, but you don't have too many B and C-type players. The Boston Red Sox don't have a lot of A players. You have uh, Mookie Betts. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't put David Price in there anymore. But you have a large collection of B players, if that makes sense. So what I'm saying is, they're gonna overwhelm you with talent instead of flash. You know, it's kind of like. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. No, it's kind of like. What, what's a, what's a team that? Is talented, but it's not too. It's kind of like the Patriots. Minus Tom Brady. You have a team, a system team that knows what to do. While they have an A player in Tom Brady, they don't have much talent around that. But it's, it's, it's just like, you know, scratch it. It's just like the Spurs. The Boston Red Sox are just like the Spurs now. Don't have don't have any A players. Demar Demar Derozan is questionable if he's A or B plus, but you have a litany of B plus to C players, and that's how they keep going to the playoffs year. That's how they went last year with with Kawhi Leonard only playing one game or no nine games. So, again, shouts out to the Boston Red Sox. Uh, if a lot of players, if if most of them players come back, I don't see how they can't vie for yet another title. Boston's killing. I saw the Instagram post. Boston's killing it, man. And the, since 2001, they have about like like eight or nine championships throughout the whole, you know, hockey, basketball, football, and baseball. They have like nine championships. So, yeah, man. Shouts out to them. It baseball. Look, as as a fan of sports, it's I, it's inclined. I have to pay attention to what's happening in sports, all sectors of sports, whether that's baseball, football, basketball, hockey. I have to pay attention. And it's hard not to pay attention to statistically one of the greatest teams of all time, regular season teams of all time, which is the boss. And honestly, they really, they pretty, except for the Houston series, they didn't really struggle too much in, the, in, this, in these playoffs. So, I'm not taking anything away from that. You know, again, shouts out to them. Congrats, uh, the Boston Red Sox. Congrats, congrats, Steve Pierce. And congrats, Boston as a whole. You know, they're, they're winning right now with the Boston Celtics. The, the uh, I don't know about the Bruins. The Bruins kind of trash. Uh, the Red Sox. The Patriots. You know, they're, they're doing big things. So, shouts out to them. Um, next year, my early prediction... I w- see everything in me wants to say the Nationals, man, because I'm a Nationals fan. I'm I'm born and raised in, in the dist- uh, DMV, but I don't think we're gonna have Bryce Harper. And while I wouldn't mind not having Bryce Harper if we could trade him, he's probably gonna walk in the free agent market. So we're pretty much not gonna get anything for him. Now, yes, that's gonna free up a lot of cap space and cap money that we can go get players, but. I don't know. It's it's kind of hard having faith in in the Nationals, man. I want to have faith, and I want to say the Nationals are going to go all the way, but it's hard. So, my early predictions for next year, if not Boston, 
I'll say Yankees or Houston. Yankees or Houston. Those are my predictions for next year. If not, if not the Capitals. I mean, not Capitals. If not the Nationals. So, you know, shouts out to them. Uh, today was no. Yesterday, I'm sorry. It was a pretty eventful day in the NFL too, man. Uh, it look. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, man. I love I love my Redskins. I love them to death, but they make every win challenging. So, as you know, as many people know, we, as in the Redskins, beat the Giants. But we just, and, and and we made it look so tough, man. Adrian Peterson did his thing. I believe he ran for like 149, 150 yards with 26 carries. Alex Smith didn't throw the ball down the field like he usually does. I mean, like like he never does. He he's a, you know dip and dunk, dip and dunk, and that got us 20 points. Defense held strong, but it's not that hard when you're playing against Eli Manning and that terrible offensive line. Um, but we won. I'm not taking anything from it. I'm not taking anything from it. As in, it's kind of hard to say that's a statement. Win. That That's a good win because we led throughout the whole game. So, shout out to that, I guess you can say. Um I don't know. I'm not about to talk about all these games. What happened to Jacksonville, man? You know, boom. I know what happened to Jacksonville. Jacksonville showed the showed their true colors. Yes, you're gonna have a great defense, but if you have a below average quarterback, you can't win in the NFL. I've been telling people that if you have an average quarterback, you cannot win in the NFL. Period. Look at What's it? What's it? Look at look at the Blake Bortles is a terrible quarterback, terrible quarterback. Yet they have one of the top defenses, but when the defense has to be on the field all the time, they get tired, and that's how you lose to Philly 24-18. That's how you lose to teams like Kansas City as bad as they did. That's how you lose. That's how you lose. Period. You have to, and people go back, what about when the Ravens won with Trent Dilford? Yeah, Trent Dilford was a better, is a better quarterback. I do not care. Trent Dilford was a better quarterback than Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles had one hot run of three or four games, and that came to a screeching halt. And I mean screeching halt. The second half of the AFC Championship, when the true Blake Bortles really came out, you really started to see who Trey Blake Bortles really was. And I think, I don't think, as players, you know who's good and you know who's bad. You know who you're playing with. And and the defense knows, year, day, night, I mean, game after game, that they have to come out and... <sighs> If, if they don't, if they don't play good, if the defense doesn't play good, if the defense doesn't play spectacular, let me say that. Let me not say good, because there's the games that can play good. If the defense does not play spectacular, they're not gonna win. Leonard Fournette's always banged up uh, and injured. Uh, you, Blake Bortles is trash. They don't really have a a solid wide receiver. Yeah, they just traded for Nick Chubb, but Nick Chubb. I mean, what's gonna, you know? So it. 
I, I've, it's hard. It's hard being a dominant defense playing against a mediocre, at best, offense. It's crazy, man. It's 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 really crazy. It and and, and it's funny though, because you look at two teams that are polar opposites, right? You look at the Jacksonville Jaguars and you look at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs won thirty to twenty three against Denver, right? The the Jacksonville Jaguars are terrible on offense, yet. Have one of the top defenses in the league. The Kansas City Chiefs have a top two. And I think they have the number one offense in the league. It's either them or the Rams. But they have one of the worst defenses in the league. That really shows you just where we are climate-wise in the NFL. As in, I mean, it's been trending this way for a couple of years now, but it's an offensive league. If you have someone like Pat Mahomes scoring five touchdowns a game, you're always going to, I don't care how trash your defense is, you're always going to be in the game. When you have weapons like Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, you have Sammy Watkins, who's like an afterthought for that offense, Travis Kelsey. When you have so many weapons, it's it's pretty much like <clears throat> who's gonna really? I mean, except for that one game against the Pats, they've looked dominant this whole season. And I'm and I'm talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. On the flip side, when you have a uh, a top defense and a terrible offense, Jacksonville, um, Denver. You see what you get. You see what you get. So I, that that's just where we are in the league right now. That that is where we are in the NFL. If you have you have to have at least a top ten defense to be viable in this league. If not, it'd be Jacksonville, who had hopes and aspirations and many thought could be in the AFC Championship or Super Bowl this year. And now we're trying to figure out will they make the playoffs it's crazy it's, it's, it's crazy let's talk let me talk about since we're still in the NFL let me talk about Jameis Winston real quick for people that don't know Jameis Winston was playing terrible on Sunday and he got benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, when Ryan Fitzpatrick came in the game, he pretty much put them in position to win, tying the game up at 34 with like a minute left until Andy Dalton stormed down the field and got him in the field goal range, which ultimately won the Bengals the game. But let me talk about Jameis for a second, man. Uh, it's see. It's hard when you see a player that I feel isn't living up to, I guess you can say, his potential. Coming out of Florida State, you know, coming out of a national championship as well as a college football appearance back-to-back years, 
Many thought, you know, Jameis Winston is big, strong. Many thought he would he he would flourish in the league. I thought I thought he was. I now see. I knew he had a whole bunch of off the field issues, which was highly documented. Then he still has off the field issues, but we'll talk about it in a second. I thought Jameis Winston. Once you get in the NFL and you get serious about your craft, and all you do is NFL instead of books and worrying about how you're gonna finish this class, worry about all that, and you just strictly focus on football. I thought he was gonna get his act together. That clearly is not the case. And it just sucks that I feel his off the field antics have carried. I'm not, I'm not saying has carried on. Look, I'm not saying that. He's just a crazy, crazy player on the field. But I feel that Jameis Winston is unable to develop the way he wants to due to off-the-field issues. You get suspended the first, what, three games? That's three weeks. You're not with your team. And important three weeks, that's the three weeks. That's the start of the season. And it... Now you have Deshaun Jackson asking for or demanding trades. It, <sighs> James Winston's getting benched. I don't, I don't see a team really wanting James Winston, and that's the crazy thing. A player that talented. It's not like Johnny Manziel, who was never really good in the NFL, but a player as talented as or with as much potential as Jamin Winston has and that he squandered away, no team's going to really want him. So if he doesn't agree to play a backup role or a third-string role, like, what... Where will Jamin Winston go? I don't know. It... It's a, it's a, it's, it's sad, man, because you see players all the time like that. You know, you see James Winston, Manziel, Jamarcus Russell when he came, when he was in college, Vince Young. You see players that have so much potential and so high potential and, and such a high ceiling ruin it with not taking it seriously or off the field issues or things that are in their control it's it's just it's crazy because you don't want to see a player go out like that like like again and i'm not saying go out like this is james winston's last ride i'm not saying that james winston won't even get a starting position back next week what i'm saying is if he gets benched and they're looking to trade him because the trade deadline is coming rapidly then who's gonna really want to pick him up mm-hmm. it, it, i don't know I, I really, I don't know. Uh, it, I don't know. Shouts out to Cam Newton. I say that because of fantasy. I, I, I beat you this week. I, I, I bounced back from last week. Y'all saw, y'all saw what happened uh, against against To. But shouts out to Cam Newton and the Panthers for just handling. The Ravens like a like a stepchild, man. They beat the hell out the Ravens, bro. It was it wasn't even funny how bad they beat them, and it, you know just it, it was a, it was an eventful Sunday, but it wasn't eventful. You know what I'm saying? Cam, you know the rate the like I said the Panthers beat the Ravens. Mr. Bisky 
has been looking okay. Their defense, however, has been looking excellent as they beat the Jets. I mean, but it's the Jets. Russell Wilson's doing everything for the Seahawks as they beat the Lions. Down, the Raiders can't get that crap together, so they lose again to Indian, uh, Indian, Indianapolis Colts. The worst game, I think, of all time was San Francisco and Arizona, which Arizona squeaked out a win. But these two games I'm going to talk about right here. <clears throat> Let me first talk about Green Bay and the Rams. And this goes back to my original point with the Boston Red Sox. Aaron Rodgers, like I stated before, is one of, if not the best quarterback in the league. He's going to go down as an all-time great quarterback. Excuse me. And he is, without question, one of the best, one of the greatest passes the league has ever seen. Yet, as the Green Bay Packers sit at 3-3-1, three, three and one, you realize that not even Aaron Rodgers can take a band of flunkies and Devontae Adams and take them over the promised land. Now, they were like, people say, well, Tom Brady can do it all the time. Why can't Tom Brady do it? Why? I mean, why can Tom Brady do it and he can't? Look, Tom Brady, excuse me. Tom Brady has not only had Bill Belichick, who is arguably one of the greatest coaches in sports history. He's had arguably the greatest tight end ever in Rob Gronkowski. He's had a solid coaching staff. And he's always had, at, not always, he's had at least an A or B wide receiver. Like right now, if he gets sacked together, Josh Gordon along with Rob Gronkowski, is an A wide receiver. He had Randy Moss. He turned Julian Edelman and uh, Wes Welker to A, A wide receivers. So I say that to say Aaron Rod So what happened was they were up by 10 points, and The Rams came back. They got a safety because for some reason the the Packers ran the ball like deep in the end zone. But that's neither, excuse me, that's neither here nor there. They got a safety, came back, scored again. The two plays that lost the Packers the game. Now the Packers lost 27-29 to 29, is their rookie kicker kicked a 25-yard punt. Which gave the Rams excellent field goal percentage. I mean, field goal range. Or scoring range. Which they scored. And then, I think it was about two minutes left. Two and a half minutes left. Which is, as we've clearly seen, which is plenty of time for Aaron Rodgers. The Rams kick it off. And... Ty Montgomery fumbles the ball, ultimately losing the sealing the game for the Rams. Two plays that Aaron Rodgers wasn't even in the game, yet cost him the game. 
So, like I said, the NFL and baseball are one of, are the only two sports I can really think of team sports that one player cannot ultimately decide the fate of a team. Basketball, if you have LeBron James on your team, if you have Kevin Durant on your team, if you have Steph Curry on your team, if you have James Harden on your team, they ultimately make your team better and you ultimately in contention to do something, to, to win something. But as we saw on Sunday, it doesn't matter if you have Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't matter if you have Tom Brady. It doesn't. And Tom Brady plays the Bills tonight, which I ultimately see them winning. I mean, it's the Bills. But it doesn't matter if you have them. If you do not have a team, it doesn't matter if you have Bryce Harper. It doesn't matter if you have Giancarlo Stanton. It doesn't matter if you have Aaron Judd. If you, if it doesn't matter if you have Manny, uh, Manny Machado, if you do not, and this is only team sports with baseball and football, if you do not surround that player with talent, adequate talent, then you're always pitching behind the eight ball or shooting behind the eight ball or whatever the hell the, the saying is. <laughs> so... Two two plays that Aaron Rodgers wasn't even on the field caused him the game. Or not him. Caused the Packers the game. And it's crazy. And that's and if you look at talent wise, the Dodgers have way more A list talent. Than the Boston Red Sox, but the Boston Red Sox is a better team, a complete team, and that's what killed the Dodgers. And not having adequate players is what ultimately has been killing Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And lastly, and I say lastly, is with, with the NFL. You know, one of the reasons why Reskin, the you know, Washington didn't want to give Kurt Cousins an extension is because in primetime games and in red zone situations, Kurt Cousins shrinks. Kurt Cousins, it's like when the lights get bright, Kurt Cousins is a star for three quarters, but then when the fourth quarter comes or when two minutes come in the fourth and you need a big play, he will give you a big play just for the other team, whether that's overthrow or miss a receiver completely, hold the ball too long and get sacked, or just throw an interception. The Washington Redskins knew that, or knew that Kurt Cousins is prone to mess up in big moments. Not say, and I'm not saying that Kurt Cousins is a bad quarterback. Don't don't get me wrong, and don't don't hear me as a bitter Redskins fan. That's not the case at all. 
I'm saying it as a a football fan, and I see that, and, and it's statistically proven that Kurt Cousins does not show up in primetime games, doesn't show up against the elite quarterbacks, and doesn't show up against um, in the red zone when he needs to. All those stats came to bite him yesterday when they played, as in the Vikings, played the Saints. On paper, the Vikings is a better team than the Saints. They have a way better defense than the Saints. While they don't have better running game, they have a better wide receiver core than the Saints. Hell, Thielen is arguably top, you know, arguably, Thielen is top five receivers in the league. Stephon Diggs, we all know how talented he is. They, Kyle Rudolph, like, they have pieces. And the Saints have pieces too, but their pieces are mainly, you know, outside of Michael Thomas. They don't really have a solid second receiver unless you count Alvin Kamara as a receiver, but he's also their running back or one of their running backs. The Vikings look poised to win this game. They. The Saints couldn't get them off the field the first quarter. The Saints couldn't score. I mean, they scored a touchdown, but, you know, there was a lot of three and outs or a lot of long drives ending in punts. Or I know Drew Brees threw a, a pretty tough interception. But in prime time against an elite quarterback, and when his team needed him the most, Kurt Cousins fell short. And the Saints ultimate won 30-20. to 20. And Kurt Cousins had a Kurt Cousins game. He had solid numbers. He had uh, a couple touchdowns. He had a couple long drives ending in field goals because that's what he was known for in Washington. Kirk Cousins was Kirk Cousins. And unfortunately, not unfortunately, because I really don't care. I'm a Washington fan. What people knew Kirk Cousins to be is exactly what he was on Sunday. A great quarterback until the brights or the lights get brightest or his team needs him. They they were doing they were trying to make a comeback. And it's crazy because I remember I was watching it and the score was 13-10. I said, okay. They might because it didn't look like the Saints could stop them at all. Now, yeah, 13-10 isn't a big score, but the Saints, like in every almost every big third down the, the Vikings were getting. I'm like, okay, well. I don't know what's happening to the Saints defense, but the Saints defense is trash this year. Uh, yeah, no, this this game's a wrap. I think they're the Vikings are gonna come out like gangbusters, bucks, gangbusters next you know next half and just blow them out the water. That's not what happened at all. All of a sudden, Kamara scores and Drew Brees uh, throws a touchdown. It, I'm just it, and it just started rolling. I'm like, yo, this is it. 
This is why Washington didn't want to pay this man. This is why Washington franchises this man three times. Now, don't get me wrong. Washington has blundered on so many players. Don't get me started on Albert Hainsworth. Don't get me started on the Champ Bailey trade. Not saying Clinton Poise was bad, but Champ Bailey's, uh, Champ Bailey's could possibly be a future Hall of Famer. Don't get me started on Donovan McNabb. Look. Washington has whiffed on a couple of players. On on many, many players. But this is one thing I believe they got right. Yes. In hindsight, maybe they should have paid him due to the fact that look at the quarterback pool out there isn't as strong as it, as, as it looks because all the top, top quarterbacks are pretty much locked up for their t- in their teams and locked up as, you know, locked up for years. But Kirk Cousins is what we saw on Sunday. An, uh, a good quarterback, not great. And when the lights get brightest, he shrinks. And that's Kirk. As unfortunate as it is, that is Kirk Cousins. So when 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 we talk about what are some things holding quality quality teams back, and 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 another thing, you know, I know that. Xavier Rose was out, and a lot of their players were out. I get that. And I'm not saying that the loss was solely on Kirk Cousins. But Kirk Cousins helped a lot with that loss. And that's saying a lot. Especially when you get the first fully guaranteed contract in NFL history. That means the team is riding on you. And you came up short, man. So that was that was the NFL, you know. That was it. I'm not saying that's all the games, but that was all the important games. I mean, we all know the Patriots are probably going to beat the Bills tonight. So there's that. Um, that's the NFL. Oh, you know another thing I want to talk about, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna pull this up because I don't wanna I don't wanna get this get this this is sort of sensitive. So I don't wanna. I don't want to mess up while talking about this. Uh, So, for people that don't know, Everson Griffin, who was a defensive end for the Minnesota Vikings, has been away from the team for a couple of weeks because of mental issues. Now, of course, what he was dealing with is undisclosed. He's not telling anybody, which I understand. But he was away from the team due to mental issues. Players like an NBA, DeMar DeMar DeRozan and Nate Robinson even hinted that when he said the NBA made him depressed and Kevin Love, they've come out with mental issues. They've come out and saying that they've had, they've dealt with mental issues, they've dealt with depression, uh, suicidal thoughts, they've dealt with stuff like that. And this is a very serious, a serious thing, serious topic. And I say 
I bring this up because not only do I want to, you know, shine light on the fact that players, even though they make millions and millions of dollars, this is a this is a physical sport, as in the NFL, or you know, the NBA is still a physical sport, but this is a high demanding, high taxing sport. So, I understand if players have mental breakdowns because they have to perform at a high level at all times, or the next person is ready to get them up out of there with ease. So I, I understand when players like Kevin Love, who once was a player that can give you 50 on any given night, now he's looked at as an afterthought. Or DeMar DeRozan suffering from depression and anxiety attacks and whatever Griffin, Everson Griffin went, went through. These players, whether any sport, not just basketball, football, but these players go through a lot. When you, when you talk about mentally, you know, physically getting your body prepared, mentally getting yourself prepared, always in the limelight, always, you know, media is always looking at you, a camera is always in your face, even when you play. Like, imagine if a camera was always in your face in a rec, you know what I'm saying? Like, playing in a rec league, like that, that's wild. I, I, I wouldn't even, I don't even, <laughs> not saying I'm the greatest hooper ever, but. I my my I don't know I don't know how I'd play. All I'm saying is, understand that these people go through stuff, and and it really got me thinking when you know Everson Everson Griffin came out and said he was dealing with mental stuff. Like I, I imagine back in the day, and as unsensitive as it sounds, imagine back in the day when we didn't really care about mental health like that, like players like Lawrence Taylor. Who dealt with, of course, as we know, drug problems. But maybe he was fighting mental health stuff. Or NBA players like Dennis Rodman. That's a prime example right there. Dennis Rodman might have might have been going through through mental health stuff. Or you know, it, it, you, you never know, man. So I just say, understand that these players are people too. I understand that we look at them as, you know, high f, you know, high superstars and fantasy picks, and that's understandable. But also realize these people are humans too. And while we don't make as much as them, we also don't understand. You know, we see them during. You know, for three hours or so during a game, but we know we don't see them when they go home. We really don't care about them outside of the court or the field, and they know that. They know that they're only looked at as you know, just whatever they do. Like you're never gonna look at Demar Derozan as oh, that's Demar Derozan the man. No, you're gonna look at them as the basketball player, and I think they know that. And I think that's something that also triggers mental health problems as well because you know that you might be more than something but people don't take you as seriously about you know what I'm saying so just uh, you know just be a little I'm not saying you're not I'm not saying people aren't because of course the the conversation has changed over the years but understand some of your favorite athletes could be going through mental health mental health problems I just don't want to talk about it 
So, yeah. Wow, that that just got that just got real deep. You know, I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a ten second um ten second music break and we will come back. Uh y'all you're listening to the Unpopular Podcast with your boy Jalen Hunter. This is where I give my unpopular opinion about school, sports. Yeah, we're gonna take about a ten second break and we're gonna come back. All right. All right, we're back. Again, this is uh, the Unpopular Podcast where I get my unpopular opinion about sports. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you all people out there on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, all the platforms that you listen on. I want to thank you. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, give it a thumbs up. If you're listening on SoundCloud, thanks. If you're listening on iTunes, uh, actually, no. If you listen to SoundCloud and iTunes, give it a like, give it a review. I want to, I want to thank you. If you don't agree with something I say, leave it in the comments. You know, this is, I want this to be an interactive podcast. So, you know, boom, this is an unpopular podcast. So let's let's continue. <clears throat> ah, what is that? Um, let's talk about some NBA, man. Uh, it. Has anybody seen Steph Curry lately? For, look, first of all, he disrespected my Wizards by dropping 51 on their heads in three quarters. That was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen in my life. You know what? This is the second time he's killed Golden State. I, I mean, killed the, the Wizards. I remember that one time when he came to D.C., and put like 46 on our head or 50 something 50 something on our head now it didn't take three quarters but he put 50 something on our head when John Wall had like 46 but the man was hitting from everywhere like last week Curry is on at look if Curry was playing by himself like if Curry didn't have Kevin Durant there'd be no reason why Curry wouldn't be considered an MVP favorite well, because Kevin Durant came to the team and now people think it's unfair, which it might be. I don't know. He's not in the in the MVP talks at all, and I, I and that's not right because the man just broke a record for I think seven straight games, uh, six yes, yeah, seven straight games with five three pointers or more. The man has hit more three pointers. I believe he has like thirty or forty. He's hit more three pointers than I think four or five NBA teams. But then yet, because he plays with Kevin Durant, he's not in the MVP session. Man, get out of my face with that, bro. And on the on the flip side, let's hold up. Let's talk about the Wizards, man, who are now one in five after losing to the Clippers by thirty two points. See, it's hard for me to defend John Wall, man, and Bradley Bill when they're losing to thir- by 32, 32 against the Clippers. And I'm not saying the Clippers are a bad team, but on paper, the Wizards are supposed to be better than 1-5, first of all. And not only that, the Wizards lost to the Kings. The Kings? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just frustrating. It's, it's hard. It's hard supporting 
sometimes it's hard supporting mediocrity, man. That's what the Wizards give me year after year. I thought this was the year that we could surprise me. Now, yes, I know Dwight Howard's not here or on the team yet, but there's not much, except for maybe rebounds, there's not much Dwight Howard can do that what I'm seeing that can save them. This 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 is something that the Wizards have been dealing with year after year. And unfortunately, it... it, it let me move on because I'm, I'm getting angry. Another, you know, I'm not surprised that the Wizards so per se because, I, I mean, this happens year after year. A team I am surprised about, however, are the Thunder. Well, I knew things were going to be different with Carmelo Anthony leaving, and of course, some of the pieces they they got, and you know, Nerlens Noel and Dennis Schroeder. I think I uh, touched on this last podcast. Who is their fourth option? Right now, they sit at one and four, and they just got their first win against the Suns after they beat them one ten to one seventeen. Russell Westbrook has has looked bad. Paul George has looked bad, even though he did hit a half court shot today or yesterday. I'm sorry, shout out to Paul. But they did they, they just look bad. The, the chemistry looks off, and it's not just the chemistry with the new acquisition, the old acquisition. It's like the chemistry with everyone's off. Of course, we know Russell is going to be Russell, and sh- and stay tuned for the unpopular opinion of the day when I talk about that. But Russell's going to be Russell. Paul George is trying to fit in. I, I, I don't know. They just, they look bad. And it's, it's, it's a bad look. They just, they look so, they look like, and I know Andre Robertson's not playing, which would help them tremendously on the defensive side of the ball. But they just look so just uninterested. They look like, they're playing with chicken. They're playing like chickens with their head cut off a lot of times. A lot of one-on-one, which we've seen a lot from this team in the last two, three years. But a lot of one-on-one, a lot of no, not a lot of help defense, kind of like the Wizards. It's just a lot. And and right now they don't look like a playoff team. Now, yes, do I? Th- I think they'll make the playoffs. I mean, you have Russell Westbrook. And Paul George, we have an MVP and, to me, a top 10 player. I think Paul George is probably 10th in top 10. Maybe maybe episode 50, well, I'll, I'll probably drop my top 50 players in the NBA. I don't know. Or maybe NBA history. I don't know. But I think Paul George, at his best, is a top 10 player in the league. So you have a top 10 player in the league and a former MVP Yes, I think they'll make the playoffs. But they don't look like they can, like, once they get there, they're not going to beat anybody. And that, that's just, that's just real. They don't, they don't look good. Uh, the Jazz look like gangbusters right now. The Pelicans look great, even though they lost, but Anthony Davis wasn't playing. They, uh, right now, it looks like, the Houston's look horrible too, because they don't look like they play. They don't look. They don't look like they don't play any defense. And I know, of course, they're dealing with Chris Paul suspension for two games. James Harden missed a game. They're trying to get Melo acclimated, but it just they don't play defense. And last year, while their defense crept up to top ten levels, I don't. I guess, I guess 
I knew Trevor Reza and Lua Balmute was going to be big losses, but I didn't know it was going to be that big. This team doesn't look like they know how to play defense at all. Even with Chris Paul and P.J. Tucker, this team I was going to say suck. They don't suck. But this team is a shell of themselves. This team looks garbaggio. Shout out to Bull RC for that. So, I, it, it's, it's crazy in the NBA right now. It really is. You got Golden State. I mean, we all know Golden State was going to. Golden State, I think it was yesterday when. That's it. So, Golden State and. I believe that. Yeah, they just played the Nets. Golden State and the Nets. The Nets were. Got within two points. Golden State said, all right, let's stop playing. Then they cut it back to like 15. But they, they, they extended the lead to like 15. I said, geez, in the a, a span of like two minutes. When you have, and, and you know what's quiet? This is, God has just kept. Clay Thompson is having a horrible season so far. The man is shooting like 12, 13% from the three-point line. Arguably, one of the top three or four greatest shooters of all time is shooting 13%. Not for a game, for the year. And yet, they still are blowing people out the... They're taking people behind the woodshed, bro. It's it's crazy how good they are. It is crazy how good they are. And DeMarcus Cousins isn't even here yet. I don't... I knew what... I didn't think anybody was going to beat him. But now, after looking at them, nah. Clay Thompson not playing good. DeMarcus Cousins ain't even here. Andre Gudala's playing a solid two minutes a game. Curry is averaging like 33 or 32 points a game. Hitting uh, five threes a game. Yet, there's so many variables why this team isn't as good as it's going to be come playoff time. And this team already looks unstoppable. So... Yep, that's it, league. That's it. Uh, L.A. Bronze. I mean, sorry. The Lakers. Uh, they are what I thought they were, man. They're LeBron and a bunch of young young players and a bunch of crazy players. You have Lance Stevenson who's hooping, but he still has the 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 antics. Michael Beasley looking trash. Uh, Rondo is, is putting putting in good work. JaVel McGee ha- is playing better than Cat. You, you saw that stat? The man averages more points, shooting a better field goal, uh, field goal percentage, and getting more shots up than Carl Anthony Towns. JaVel McGee, that is. Lonzo is being Lonzo. Uh, Brandon Ingram should be coming back from suspension today or tomorrow. And LeBron is being LeBron. Kyle Kuzma is playing good. Josh Hart's playing good. With all that being said, though, I think they're like two and four. In fact, let me look for up for you guys. I believe they're two and four. With all all those praise being said, they are two and four, and they just lost to the Spurs. 
And shouts out to DeMar DeRozan, by the way, because he's been playing great for the Spurs, by the way. And I, and I knew he was going to play good under Pop, and he was going to be upgrade from last year, seeing as, not saying he's an upgrade from Kawhi Leonard, but Kawhi Leonard only played nine games. So you're going to have DeMar DeRozan for a whole season. So I knew that was going to be an upgrade, but... Shouts out to DeMar DeRozan for, for balling. He's been, he's been hooping. Him and LaMarcus Altrus, but back to the Lakers. The Lakers don't play defense. Well, don't play great defense, especially in the half court. They have a lot of turnovers. They're still trying to get to know each other. They're still trying to get acclimated with each other. It's going to take, it's going to take time, especially with a young team budding with old heads that need to – I mean, all the old heads except for LeBron – on one-year contracts, you know, JaVale McGee, Lance Stevenson, Michael Beasley, uh, Rondo. They're, so they're trying, they're fighting for playing time as well as Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, all of them. So it's just a crazy dynamic in L.A. right now. Well, I think they're ultimately going to be a good team come towards playoffs I don't think I think they will make the playoffs yes I don't think that they're good enough to make it past honestly I don't think they can make it past the second round I def if they make it to a Western Conference Finals that's a successful season that's a successful season and if they if they beat Golden State in the Western Conference Finals just just scrub MJ out the record books and just put LeBron James right there because if they can do that, that's all LeBron. But, you know, it, they are what I thought they were. They're a young team that needs to get to know each other. And even when they get to know each other, the pieces and – I, and I came in here and said that Lonzo wasn't fitting with LeBron. While he hasn't been fitting with LeBron, he has been playing great, though. His shot has improved a little, uh, a little bit. He's playing, you know, he's always played solid defense. He's playing great uh, He in the passing lanes. He's getting his teammates open. He, he's playing great. Now, it looks, of course, like I said, it still doesn't really fit with LeBron. He looks a little weird on the floor with LeBron, especially playing off the ball. But Alonso has been hooping, and which, is, which goes back to my point I said last podcast. I think Lonzo will get traded. Or won't won't either he either he's not going to finish the season with the Lakers or he will not start the season next year with the Lakers and that's just my opinion. I think Lonzo could be the future of the Lakers and should be the future, but it's hard when say okay, say, say they get Anthony Davis. Say they get Kawhi Leonard. Say they get Kevin Durant. Say they get Klay Thompson. That's more touches Lonzo's not going to get. And Lonzo still isn't a spot-up shooter. Yes, his 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 shot has improved. But Lonzo is, is I mean, it's Lonzo. So, and he still has that ugly. <laughs> While his shot has improved a little bit. You know, Lonzo still isn't a knockdown shooter, and that's what LeBron needs to play with, especially if you put another superstar, another offensive superstar at that. So it's, it's, it's hard for me to see Lonzo finishing his career with LeBron. Not, not finishing his career. Playing with LeBron all four years that he's going to be there right now. But Lonzo, I will give Lonzo credit. He has been playing great. He's been playing really good. And... Yeah, I, I'm not really taking anything from from Lonzo, man. Uh, 
I, when I say he's not going to finish the season, that's only because it's a weird fit with him and LeBron. Not saying that he's not he can't win with LeBron, nor am I saying he can't he won't win LeBron. You know, it's just I it needs I need to see it. Uh, whatever. Oh, Ty Lue got fired. And 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 I kind of knew this was going to happen, but I didn't think it was going to happen six games into the season. Now, yes, they're 0-6. And yes, they lost uh, a couple winnable games. I do agree. I do. I do attest to that. But six games? See, LeBron out here getting people fired, man. <laughs> Oh man, David Blatt, Ty Lue, Mike Brown. It look. It Ty Lue's not a. I, I kind of knew they were gonna fire Ty Lue when LeBron left. The team's not just just not that good. I don't know what direction that the management thinks they're going in when they give uh, Kevin Love a, a hefty extension like that. They still have J.R. Smith on the roster. They still have players like uh, I don't. They still have players like like Jordan Clarkson and George Hill on the roster. And I I don't know where they thought they were going with this team. So the fire. Tyler, especially after six games, I think that's that's crazy to me. Now, yes, I I didn't think he was gonna finish the season with him, but I also I didn't think he was gonna get. I thought maybe around trade deadline or so he would have got fired, or a little before the playoffs because they weren't gonna be there. I thought they were gonna get fired, so I guess towards the end of the season, but not six games in. I don't I don't understand it. I don't. I don't understand. Shouts out. You know, I'm off that because I mean, Tyler got fired. Shouts out to. There's been players that've been hooping this year, man. Uh, Zach Levine has been hooping. Zach Levine has been doing his thing, bro. Like, shouts out to Zach Levine. Shouts out to the rookies that's been hooping. Like Luka Doncic has been hooping. DeAndre Ayton has been hooping. You know. I expected them to hoop, but they've been hooping, hooping. Uh, we already shouted out Curry. I mean, he's a two-time league MVP, three-time champion. We expected that. Shouts out to uh, Damian Lillard. Two games back-to-back, 40-plus points. Um, Kimba Walker's been doing his thing. There's been some really solid playing the NBA, man. It really has. And... I say shouts out to Curry, but as we know, Kevin Durant's been silently damn near averaging 30, so shouts out to him. Shout, again, shouts out to DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge. They've been doing their thing. Uh, the NBA's been exciting, man. It, it's been a great time to watch the NBA. Giannis has been doing his thing. Anthony Davis has been dunking on people. So Giannis looks like uh, a clear top five MVP choice along with Stephen Curry along with Anthony Davis. So it's, it's a great, great, great time in the NBA, man. It really is. But with that being said, 
It's time to get to the unpopular topic of the day. Welcome to the unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. Have unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. Okay, so what's an unpopular opinion? Unpopular opinions. To utter such blasphemy. He's got the nerve, the audacity, the unmitigated goal to echo such blasphemous nonsense. Just blasphemy. We all know greatness when we see it. We all know LeBron James is all-time great. We all know Steph Curry is all-time great. We all know Kevin Durant's all-time great. We all know James Harden's an all-time great. But there are some all-time greats that we know are all-time greats, but then yet we always... I guess you can say put an asterisk. I'm not going to say put an asterisk by the name. You always think of them a little differently. Allen Iverson. Russell Westbrook. MJ to an extent. Uh, you know, John Starks and Gary Payton. What do all these players have in common? They all have been labeled difficult at some point in their t- their careers. Russell Westbrook, we all know, you know, quote unquote, made Kevin Durant leave. Uh, we all know that Al Allen Iverson was a very difficult player to play with, even though he was an all time great. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, Stephon Marbury was hard to play with, from what you know reports have been told. So I, th- I guess the the unpopular pain in the day is, does your arguably best player have to be easy to play with? Like you look at, I think Kevin Durant's easy to play with. As in, he's so great that you're just gonna fit in, or he's just gonna fit in. We all know LeBron's easy to play with. If you're not a star, shout out Kyrie. But. I feel we look we we shine a, a different light on players like Allen Iverson or Kevin not Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook or Stephon Marbury or you know di- di- players that are difficult due to the fact that I mean while you know we're always going to say Russell Westbrook's the only player in NBA history to average triple double twice in a row. We're always going to also include, you know, he also did run Kevin Durant out the gym or out off the team. And he also does take ill-advised shots. Allen Iverson, one of the greatest guards to ever play the game. However, he never, he didn't, he had very unceremonious exits from a lot of teams, you know, from the Nuggets, from the Sixers, from Detroit. So... While they are great, great players, I think we'll always see them as, I don't know, we'll always see them as, yeah, buts. Allen Iverson was great, yeah, but we know how that ended in Philly, and he could never, you know, take home, the even though he won the MVP, he could never take home the title. Russell Westbrook, one of the most athletic players we've ever seen in the league, ever. Yet, he ran Kevin Durant away. 
Stephon Marbury was a crazy athlete, yet he couldn't even make it work with KG. Steve Francis, we all know how that ended. So, I, it's hard when, I think, I don't know, I think your point guard or the person that has the ball most has to be easy to play with. The difference, now, of course, we have, we have, uh, we have different situations, like, like Kobe. We all know Kobe was hard as hell to play with. I mean, almost everyone's come out and say Kobe was one of the hardest teammates they ever had to play with. However, one thing we do know about Kobe and that franchise is they put perfect pieces around Kobe. When they put Shaq, even though that they butted heads all the time, they were, they were able to rectify it on the court and won three straight. Now, of course, it got unbearable. Shaq dipped, won the championship with the Heat. Kobe won two more championships. But Kobe got paired with Pau Gasol, who was one of the greatest role players. I mean, not role players. Uh, sidekicks ever playing in the league. He had players like Lamar Odom, who, even though what happened back in the, I mean, what happened recently, when he was playing, he was still a, a, a to me, an arguably Hall of Fame player as Hall of Fame sixth man. You, you know, Derek Fisher. You had Andrew Bynum when he was good. What I'm saying is they put perfect pieces with Kobe where they're not going to, you know, lash out. And the one time they did when they put Smush Parker and Kwame Brown, and they that was a terrible team. I think Kobe averaged like 35 that year because he didn't pass the ball. I think that was 2006. So I think when you – it's hard playing on a team. Especially with team with different personalities, but you can't be a difficult player, and 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 maybe I'm I'm wording it wrong. Maybe difficult is the wrong. Maybe it's a competitive player. I don't know, but I I think you there you have to have a level of understanding that maybe you have to tone it down a little bit. Maybe like Russell Westbrook, we all know how terrible he is in the final few minutes of a game decision wise. We all know Allen Iverson was very tough because he wasn't passing the ball at all with two minutes left. Same as Kobe, same as Steve Francis, same as uh Stephon Marbury. We all know they weren't getting they weren't passing the ball, period, with three minutes left. But I just think it's difficult to play, and when I say difficult, I think so. I think it has to be a level of two sides have to come together. And like, all right, this isn't working. Russell Westbrook, they're zero and four, right? I mean, a one and four right now. Now, yes, he missed, I believe, the first two games, but he played the other three. And there's always going to be a. Yeah, but with his career, there's always going to be, unless he wins the championship, there's always going to be a yeah, but with Allen Iverson's career, there's always going to be a yeah, but with Stephon Marbury's career. I just say that to say, maybe, not maybe, I'm, I'm going to be definitive with it. You have to have a personality where people can get behind on the court to be successful, As, especially if you have the ball in your hand. And an, an abnormal, like a, a, a lot. 
Russell Westbrook, a lot of people say he's the best team they've ever played with off the court. But on the court, we all see, especially as fans, bruh, pass the ball. Or, bro, that was a terrible shot. The man taking 50 footers and you can't shoot threes. I don't know who shoots worse threes. Him or Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart <clears throat> does not stop shooting. And he can't shoot. Russell Westbrook does not stop shooting. And he can't shoot. But he can't get a triple-double. But he doesn't need to shoot. When he had Paul George. You know what? I'm getting a little too loud. He doesn't need to shoot when he has Paul George. Allen Iverson needed to shoot all the time, but he was still very difficult to play with. Reports have come out. I, I mean, Jordan, as great as he was, I mean, greatest of all time, the man was getting fights with Steve Kerr, breaking noses and stuff. Or Jaws or something. All I'm saying is, maybe as a point guard... Or as a ball-dominant guard, you might want to be a little better and a little more selective about how you use your aggression on and off the court. Not off the court, because you could be the sweetest person off the court. On the court. Maybe you win a little bit more games. I don't know. But there you have it, man. I don't know if this is short or not. I haven't been keeping track or keeping time. But this is the Unpopular Podcast where I give my unpopular opinion about sports. Yeah, man. Russell Westbrook and, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook, Allen Iverson, and they're going to they're, – they're great, great. Allen Iverson is my favorite player of all time. Uh, he's the reason He's the reason why I started watching basketball. You can ask anybody in my family. You can ask anybody that knows me. I used to rock. I had like four or five Allen Iverson jerseys until I couldn't fit them no more. Or until, you know, my house burned down and all my stuff got messed up. But Allen Iverson has been as my favorite player of all time. But I, I know that Iverson was not the easiest player to play with. He wasn't the easiest player to play with in Philly. He wasn't the easiest player to play with in Denver. He he wasn't the easiest player to play with in Detroit. He wasn't the easiest player to play with. I clearly see Russell Westbrook wasn't. We all know Stephon Marbury and Steve Francis wasn't. So, and we see how their their careers have gone. Hell, Jimmy Butler might fall in that same category now, man. So uh, maybe maybe they need to look in the mirror, man. Not saying that, and I'm not saying they're not great players. Hell, I don't like. A, I wouldn't love a, my favorite player wouldn't be a bum. So <clears throat> maybe they have to put some of their aggression aside. And I'm talking about players only playing now, like a Jimmy Butler and a and a Russell Westbrook. Then realize maybe this isn't the best thing for the team. I don't know. But again, I want to thank you guys for listening to the Unpopular Podcast where I get my unpopular opinion about sports. This is episode 21. We're rolling, man. I'm enjoying this. Uh, it is, uh, it's early, man. It's early in the morning. But uh, I told you I was going to get you a pod on Monday, and that's what I'm doing. So I want to thank you guys again. Uh, I'll see you guys next week, Lord willing. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time. They're coming in. They're co- the next show's coming in. So I want to thank you guys again. This unpopular podcast. And uh, until next time, much love. Do better, who better. 
you better Been around like hella propellers Wanna know who you with? Don't tell them Come on, fellas, that ain't none of your biz Got on your body suit, you know I'm on your ass today Would you let me hit it thrice if I asked today? She know my state nothing but magic, babe I be swinging it back and forth to you and your casket, babe mm. Girl, you on my best side, mmm Is she from the west side? Wanna know? Don't you sugarcoat? I say it all if you want. And could you tell me like it is? Pretty little fears, music to my ears. Okay, say it loud, say it proud. You want it more? We open door, hit the couch, then the floor. I cut it up like a scissor.